but a lot of people want to peek behind this curtain. Sure. They, they want sure. to know. There is, there is, uh, there is so much interest. Mm-hmm. In, and so uh, we want to know in advance what's awaiting us. another episode of a word of grace uh, this is uh, for a friday we're glad you're listening wherever it is you're listening um well the election is over at least uh we're we uh, all the voting is over but uh maybe you're tired of that and ready to hear something else so we're happy to have you with us derek how are you doing uh, i'm doing quite well uh i will have will have to admit that uh, i'm somewhat uh, frustrated with the things that are going on with the uh election but ultimately, I have to remember that uh, whoever gets in office, it was ordained in, uh, by a sovereign God and that he is in control. So my hope is not in any man that goes to Washington, but my hope is in the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see. The Lord's in control and we'll we'll just see what happens. Um, Tuesday night. Uh, do you know who Tim Challies is? Have you yes, I do. Challies? Yes, I do. Um, He's a well-known blogger, Christian blogger, and uh, it was either late Tuesday night or early Wednesday morning on his blog, he announced that his 20-year-old son had passed away. Oh, wow. Um, he goes to Boy- went to Boyce College um, and was engaged and was playing a game uh, with college students, and his sisters and fiance were there, and he collapsed and died. Wow. Um, struck me because I have a son in that same sure, age group, sure. same same stage of life, daughters in that same stage of life, and I imagine these parents. Tim Challies is just a real uh, real good influence in the kingdom of God. Yes, on, he on is. His, a on his giant. Site. Yeah, and just a, always been promoting things and encouraging through his writing on his blog. You'd be well to look at it. I think it's just challies.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was struck by that because everyone is focused on um, this election, and all of a sudden, uh, devastating news yes, for that family. Yes, yes, And it struck me because we're thinking and talking about death on the podcast, and I was very moved by his statement. He, he wrote on his blog that these were the most devastating things he would ever write, that his dear son was gone. And then uh, towards the end, he said that he and his wife uh, said, we can do this through the grace of God. We can get Amen. through this. It's not easy. but um, and, and their devastation and grief was real. It wasn't a trite statement mm-hmm. saying, well, you know, we'll get past right. this. Their right. lives will never be the same. Yet, as a, I just could not, uh, I was overwhelmed by the, by the grace and really uh, the triumph in his writing, even in the face of death. Yes, yes. I put myself in that place. How mm-hmm. would I react? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure uh, completely devastated, yet trusting in the grace of God. It's a reminder, and, and we've, we're moving into a discussion on heaven, and, and we're talking about death here as we begin it, because 
it's the inevitable for each yes, of it us. Is. Um, and a week ago at this time, that family would have no concept of this happening, and I'm sure it's happened to other, many others in the last week. Others have had these type yes. of devastating situations. So how can we best be prepared for that? Well, first of all, we have to be rightly connected to Christ and have the hope of the gospel. That's what is going to get this family through this situation. But that's that's where we hope to be a help. Absolutely. Because it may not be now that people need this information, um, but as we learn and grow and we put these things away into our memories and we hide God's Word in our heart, uh, we are prepared for those moments yes. in our lives that yes. are devastating. Um, I don't know, you have anything to... I just thought that'd be a good way for introduce. I know it's a kind of a somber way to introduce, but that is a, it's a somber subject. What, what comes to well, mind you as know, we begin? I, I was thinking about how, how some folks think that it's uh, insensitive to talk about death. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's better to leave that un... Uh, spoken of, and yet it's a reality in our lives, and it's something that we are going to have to deal with. I think about in my own life, I lost a brother, he was 18 years old, to a fire. Uh, These things do happen, and they will continue to happen, and even though it has not happened yet to some of the individuals that are listening to us, at some point it may happen, so it would behoove us to fill the treasury of our hearts with the word of God so that we can be sustained by that in those times. It's too late when the moment comes. Right. Obviously, I think God graces his children with a special grace at those moments, but to have the growth and maturity to be ready to handle that at any moment. Yes. We're not wishing that or thinking that might happen to anyone, but but life happens. Mm-hmm. My dad passed away very suddenly uh, 20 years ago now, um, and we got that call, and, and it was completely unexpected. I went outside. It was 3 in the morning, and the feeling of despair never came. Mm-hmm. There, it, was, mm-hmm. it was terrible. It was sure. devastating. It was sorrowful. But people say, well, I hit rock bottom. I don't know where rock bottom is because right. I didn't hit that. Mm-hmm. And and I believe that's God's grace and the knowledge that I you said something about stored up in the treasury. Like there was, there were tr- there were truths and verses and thoughts that supported me at that time. And amen for and that. I, and you've probably had that experience too. Sure, yeah. sure. So that's where we want to be as we uh, end the week here, uh, and then. Um, continue in this discussion we're going to be a while before we get to some of these probably most of the interest is you know what will i look like in heaven what will i do in heaven where what will we experience and we'll get to those questions but i think we need to we need to lay a foundation first so we talked about you know the reality of death and the fear of death and christ conquering death let's really ask this question what is death you want to, you? I don't even know if you're prepared to answer that question. We talked earlier uh, today on the phone. If you don't want to answer that question, you want to take us in a different direction first. Um, where where can we begin? Because no, I, I think it's providence that that you asked that okay. question. That's the very question that I have written at the top okay. of my notes here, um, because it's a very important question. Mm-hmm. And of course, we have to understand that Scripture uh, speaks of death uh, as being uh, three different 
that there are three different ways to look at death. And I'd like to address that very briefly. And then I don't want to dominate the time, but I want to uh, read something to you that I read as I was uh, looking at this issue of death from a uh, doctor and a bioethicist, which I've never even heard of. But anyway, someone much smarter than us. Yeah, much smarter than (laughs) us. Well, first of all, in Scripture, there are three types of death. There's a spiritual death. Spiritual death is the soul being separated from God. And that occurs in the womb, ultimately. Uh, We often talk about being born into sin, but if we go according to what Scripture says, we were conceived in sin. As uh, uh, David said in Psalm 51 and 5, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. And then in Ephesians, it says that we were born in trespasses and sins, ultimately. So uh, we're t- we look at spiritual th- sin and then, uh, I'm sorry, spiritual death, and then we look at physical death. Physical death, of course, is a separation uh, of the soul from the body, which is something that we all experience. And then there's eternal death, also referred to as the second death uh, in the book of Revelation. But I want to read something to you from this bioethicist. Uh, uh, I've never even heard that phrase before. But he gives you, she gives you a good insight as to what's happening with death. And, and, and it makes you go back and think about what we were discussing as far as uh, near-death experiences and out-of-body experiences. And this may be the reason why some of those things exist. So please bear with me. Go for it. The stages of physical death. The first is agonal, the agonal stage, which refers to death throes. We're all familiar with that. And this is where you're going to hear the noises, the death rattles, the the uh, gasps and muscular jerking and what have you. Then you have clinical death, which is where the heart and the respiration cease. Then you have brain death, where the neocortex function ceases. In other words, the brain activity shuts down and uh, ultimately ceases. Then you have biological death. The biological function shut down. And then the post-mortem cellular death. Individual cells begin to die. So first of all, we have to understand that death is just not some clean deal that just happens and it's over with. There's a lot involved in it. Uh, And she says this, we are dying piece by piece from the moment we are conceived. Machines are able to breathe, feed, hydrate, process, waste, keep hearts beating, where many people become trapped in a kind of limbo or a gray area between alive and dead. Now, I mention all of this because the medical community cannot arrive at a consensus to what it means to die. Uh, But because of these different near-death experiences and what have you, I think it's important for us to discuss. These things influence many people to believe that they have traveled to heaven and hell. Why? Uh, Because technology and medications affect all of that to where people think that they have died and they've gone to heaven or hell. In reality, they're they're, uh, caught up into what all death uh, encompasses. And we have to come to a place to where we realize that Scripture is the sole source of authority as it relates to going to heaven or hell. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, A lot to talk about there. Yes. Um, Let me see where I want to begin. Uh, I, 
I want to start by summarizing what you said as really death is always separation. Yes. Um, to review, so you had the spiritual death, mm-hmm. which is our souls are separated from God. Right. Physical death, our soul is separated from our body. Right. And eternal death would be our soul is separated from God. Eternally. For eternity. Right, yeah, for everlasting. Um, right. And what, what we want to talk about first, I guess, is physical death. And then the scripture, um, there's these phrases of... He gave up the ghost. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe people even have used that phrase in history. Christ on the cross, he says, into my hands, into thy hands, I commit thy spirit. So we believe that the Bible teaches that man is made up of a physical component and a, and a material component. And we go to creation and we note that Adam was made from the dust of the earth, but that he became a living soul mm-hmm. when God breathed into his nostrils right. the breath of life. No other creature had that. Um, would we say, would you agree that no other creature is made up of a spiritual part then? I personally, even though that's a debate, yeah. with again, within the medical community, as yeah. I was reading about that, but I personally believe as it relates to Scripture that when the Lord breathed life into man, he was imparting a part of himself yeah. to man, and he didn't do that with anything else, in, in any living thing. In the created order. Right. His body was a creation, but his soul was a transmission. Amen. Something was transmitted from God to mm-hmm. man, this spiritual part, which he did not do to mm-hmm. raccoons or horses. Right, right. And so we do not believe that those animals, though there will be animals in heaven, we don't believe that animals have a soul. They just physically die. Um there's, there's places in the scripture where it talks about man having a spirit, um, Job 32, 8, uh, Zechariah 12, verse 1. So we would say physical death is the separation of those two elements, and the bioethicist lists all these different kinds of physical deaths. I mean, right. We've heard some of those, brain, he's brain dead, right. he's just living on the ventilator, he's not really there. Mm-hmm. But, but the, the Bible says death happens when the soul leaves the body. And that's the point. Yeah. Uh, a couple of places where it mentions that. Second Peter, uh, in verse 13 of the first chapter, he says, I think it's right as long as I am in this body. I am in this body. Mm-hmm. I know that the putting off of my body will be soon. So he intends to separate soul from body. C.S. Lewis has said that a lot of people think um, or think this way. Uh, that I am a body and I have a soul. Mm-hmm. But the reality is I am a soul that has a body. Amen. I am a spirit that has a body. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other places where that's mentioned, too, about this this separation. Um, Adam was told after the curse that when he dies from dust you came and from dust, dust you will return. return. He's talking about the body. Mm-hmm. He's not talking about the spirit because the spirit upon death enters into eternity where We'll, we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. That's based on um, based on our decision for Christ, which we've talked about. But but a lot of people want to peek behind this curtain. Sure. They, they want sure. to know. There is, there, is, uh, there is so much interest. Mm-hmm. In, and so uh, we want to know in advance what's awaiting us. And right. I think that's a natural thing. We talk mm-hmm. about that, God setting eternity in our hearts. And, and there are some... Uh, some ways that people attempt to be convinced about immortality apart from the scriptures. Right. You mentioned near-death experiences. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that again. 
Can you think of other ways? Are there other ways that people attempt to attempt to convince themselves that that there is life after death apart from the scriptures? Well, I think uh, one thing uh, that's mentioned in the Old Testament is the art, and I would say an occultic art, of necromancy, Mm -hmm. uh, where they attempt to communicate with the dead. So if there is someone that they're talking to that's already in uh, in the other world, then they can be convinced that uh, there is something after this life. They fail to realize that they're talking to familiar spirits or yeah. uh, demo- demons. Do you remember that? And that's that was one of the ways I had to, like the channeling of a medium, which is warned about in the Old right. Testament. And, and people attempt to do that, a seance or mm-hmm. a, a speaking to the dead. Hey, I want to talk to Uncle... Charlie, remember sure. the I Love Lucy episode where they're trying, remember that one? <laughs> yeah, they're trying to convince do. the guy and Ethel comes under the table or Lucy comes <laughs> under the table and, yes, I'm here. <laughs> and, and people want to do that because they want comfort. I mean, sure. I lost, I, sure. I mean, you think about this family that lost their son. I mean, what they wouldn't give to sure. speak to their son again. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you don't have a biblical foundation, you might buy into that stuff. Absolutely. And there's a story in the, and, and I totally agree with you, that they may speak to people, but they're speaking to demonic right beings, mm-hmm. um, and that's why they're warned against that, mm-hmm. to start playing in these occultic-type things. But there was a story in the Old Testament, and we're getting close to the end of our time, where Saul wants to speak mm-hmm. to Samuel, yeah. and Samuel does return, yeah. and the medium loses her mind, because <laughs> she, she knew it's all, yeah. you know, and she's like, whoa, I, you know, <laughs> almost like when Lucy hears that voice, like, but, but that was... That was God enabling yes, Samuel to yes. speak. You cannot, will not, and did not speak to your dead relatives no, you if didn't. you participated in something. Mm-hmm. And there is, there is no way to do that. Um, I mentioned something personal here, but I'll, I'll pass on that until later. Uh, the, the idea of reincarnation. Right. That we go into this soul recycling, mm-hmm. right? I was mm-hmm. a... I was a child in India, and then I was a hamster in Idaho, and now I'm a, you know, I'm a pastor here in Romeo. That's all nonsense. Right, until you reach nirvana, and then you're nothing. Pointed on a man once to die, where Scripture is our source. Mm -hmm. And these NDEs, these near-death experiences, let's talk about that for a minute. We did talk about it earlier. Why does everybody see light? Mm -hmm. Okay, we could Mm -hmm. could ask about these... um, Ask the bioethicist. It would be fun to have that person on the podcast. Sure. Um, I think in that sense, you talk about the death throes or the, I can't remember all the different, the, the cell death. Right. All, all the things that you, I'll go back and listen to it and hear this. But um, I did find a couple more books. On, uh, one is called Life After Death by Zodiades. One mm-hmm. is called One Minute After You Die by Erwin Lutzer. That's if a good one by Lutzer. Read those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lutzer, when he's talking about these near-death experiences, and he spoke about this long before they were much more popular, mm-hmm. said he believes people are having these, that it's that it, maybe it's potentially possible to be in between. And he bases that on Stephen's experience. Okay. When he looks into heaven. Yeah, and, and he sees, sees Christ. The, sees Christ. Mm-hmm. That's a scriptural statement, though. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can say that's normative. But then he went on to say... That why do ever be, why does people see light? Well, what what would Satan desire an mm. unbeliever mm. to see mm. at death? Light, and to be comforted that there's no need to do sure, what? sure, no need to to fear, no need to fear, right? 
No need to, uh, you know, get right with God. Um, I'm going. This is and and so I, I, Lutzer says, and I agree that he's attempting to duplicate that biblical experience mm-hmm. so that it seems positive. Now, I think what we should do is when we get caught up in reading about these near-death experiences or hearing about them, every once in a while there'll be some show on that talks about this person who I walked yes. through a tunnel of light. I just read another one about a celebrity who passed away years ago and said, I see light, don't weep for me, etc. We need to evaluate those experiences yes. against Scripture. Yes. Yes. And it may be that people come close to death with all these different... Yes. But there's no one, Scripture tells us, who mm-hmm. goes there and That's comes right. back. That's right. Once our soul leaves our body, aside from like a miracle that happened in the Scriptures, mm-hmm. which God abandoned the natural law and reunited Lazarus's soul with his sure. body, etc. Um, it even says, I think in Luke, is it Luke 9.55? Uh, Luke 8.55, that the girl's spirit re-entered her body. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen now. Right. And so we need to evaluate those things uh, according to the Scripture. Only Jesus Christ has mm-hmm. crossed over into mm-hmm. death and, and returned. No one else in Scripture and no one else in the world. And I don't I th- believe it. I think that's a good place to leave it as we end the week here and look forward to next week. But, uh, yeah, the point is that if we want to look beyond the veil, that God alone is the one who can tell us about that. Amen. Christ alone is mm-hmm. the one who came mm-hmm. back from the dead mm-hmm. and, and came from heaven to explain to us what is mm-hmm. there. And there's all kinds of... There's all kinds of descriptions of heaven in the Bible. And so it's right for us right. to imagine and think about it sure. and be curious about it. Um, and we'll begin to start answering those questions uh, as we get further in that discussion. Is that good enough for you? Yeah, I would just like to say this last thing that uh, this one caveat that, <clears throat> excuse me, that um, if you are seeking to know about uh, heaven and hell and the afterlife, seek in the scripture because outside of the scripture, you can come up with just about anything you want. And there's no shortage of, of things to, to guide your thinking. And I would guarantee you that it's influenced by the devil. I was listening to a sermon on assurance. That's an excellent point. I was listening. We'll end with this here. I was listening to a sermon on assurance by a pastor that I really enjoy listening to, and he related a story in his sermon that H.A. Ironside okay. uh, told about a man who was struggling with doubts. And he, Ironside came to preach at his church or something, and, and uh, he went out on a horse ride, buggy ride with the man. And the man was talking to Ironside about his doubts. And... And, and uh, the man said, Ironside said, well, let me give you a for instance. Let's say that an angel came to you mm-hmm. and, and said, don't worry, sir. I've been in the throne room of heaven, and I've seen your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Mm-hmm. He said, would, you, would that give you assurance? Oh, he goes, well, that, that would, I guess that would be. If an angel told me, I guess that would be true. Mm-hmm. He said, well, let me, let's say that then later on in your life, you're on your deathbed, and Satan himself appears to you and said, do you remember that appearance from the angel? That was me. Mm. He goes, oh, then I guess, you know, Satan could transform himself into an angel of light. I guess I couldn't be assured even if an angel came. And Ironside 
well, then why don't you just trust in what God has said Amen. in his unchangeable word? Mm. He is not a man that he can lie. The, the word of God is the only source for our hope, for our understanding, for our questions that we have about life after death. And, and uh, the story ends with the guy saying, that's good enough. God has said it, and that is enough. It and, has to be enough. And what you said about the scripture being our assurance. Uh, let's leave it there. We've gone a little bit over. Thanks for being a part of the podcast. Have a great weekend. Would you join us at church this Sunday? Um, or pray for us. If you're part of another church, please pray for our church here at Grace Baptist. Uh, send us a word of encouragement or a question or a concern you might have, gracebaptistromeo at gmail.com. Other than that, um, I hope you have a blessed uh, weekend. We will talk to you Monday, Lord willing. And as Derek instructed us, let's, let's look to the Word of God for our hope and for our assurance. God bless.